0: honestly say we've read the Bible seeing God's big plan where you you get the
1: overall big picture it's just having a great effect on the congregation to me it was life-changing will embark on a unique revealing journey. For the first time ever, scripture is presented in chronological order, reading like a novel as one compelling story. Participants will have a newfound understanding of God's love for us and our constant struggle to follow him. This deeper appreciation of the Bible will benefit seekers through scholars, leading to greater vitality and unity within your church membership. On behalf of Randy and our church family here at we wish you peace and blessings. And we can't wait to hear how the story impacts your story. To learn more about this life-changing program and how your church can participate, visit thestory.com.
2: All right. Well, some of you have already seen that message once before, about a month ago. Um, but uh, we will be continuing with um, this story. Uh, I am super excited about the fact that um, we have complete... Um, I don't know if the word's buy-in or support or whatever, from the executive committee and from the staff, that we all want to do this as a church. The story is a time where we'll, we'll learn the Bible, we'll go through the Bible in 31 weeks, and um, I'm super excited about getting a chance to go through it with you, that uh, this will be an experience that we'll have together, that we will have a life experience that we can share, and we know where everybody's at at the same time. Um, Before I get into that, I need to send these clipboards around. We need ushers um, for September and October. One is September, one is October. I'll send them back if you'll switch and bring them back through if there's openings by the time they get to the back. Um, You can sign up by yourself. You can sign up as a couple. You can do whatever. Just uh, if you could please get the uh, spots filled. It would really help out Virginia. I really appreciate that Virginia Harris has coordinated this for quite a while now, and she just likes to have the assistance because uh, she can't do it by herself. She's tried, I think. But uh, it's hard to run around and catch the offering plate on the other side. So, um, but we really appreciate it. It's also a great way to learn and uh, see everybody's face in the morning when you first show up. So the, the, uh, the awesome part about this study is um, we received a gift from somebody who does not even go to our church. Through the, the Gunnison Valley Foundation. It was a gift of $2,500. $2,500. And they said, we like what your church does in the community. So we want to support the church even though we don't go to this church. They're not from Gunnison. So we are having an impact in our, in our surrounding area and actually further if somebody from another community, we have a lot of donors who don't live here that send money to our church because they believe in what we believe, that the Bible is true and that we are going out and spreading that good news. So I'm just I'm super excited that we have... We are going to use that money to further your walks. So you understand the script that's been written for us, that God has written for us. The Bible is still alive because we aren't at the end times. That's in Revelation. So it means we're in the Bible. We are part of the story that is the Bible. So the board has identified two areas, where the executive committee, as two areas that they really want to focus on enhancing this next period. We don't know how long that period's going to last. We hope forever, and we hope then there'll be some more things we can add to it. But two of the areas is prayer and knowledge of Scripture. So the story will help us with the knowledge of Scripture. The prayer, we've already done some things to change. One is, you'll notice in the back of your pews, there are prayer request cards now. Those go in the offering plates, or if you don't want anybody to see that you put something in the offering plate for a prayer request, there's a box in the back where the bulletins are kept before the service. Drop it in the box. You'll have questions on that you ask. We we have a prayer chain that goes out through email. It can be included in that on Monday mornings. You can sign up for it um, by Gunnison Community Prayer. Is that right, Greg? Gunnison Community Prayer at Gmail, and Greg kind of administers that, and you can get that information so you can be praying for your family. Also, if you don't attend here, we want to hear your prayers too because we can offer them up. Also, we're all able to offer up each other's prayers. So that is one way. We also have a prayer room, a room dedicated to prayer in the basement that's set up just so you can have a time of of quiet, get out of your rigmarole. You can come at lunch, you can come during a break, whatever, if you need some quiet away from where you work. Those kind of things. Um, You can be in there anytime you want. We would love to have people use that room. We also have intercessors that meet on Tuesdays at noon here at the church that pray through all those prayer requests. And we have people who call and find out... um, what prayers are needed from other people in the congregation. So I know we have a lot of people praying for each other, but it never hurts to pray more, in my opinion. So the story, um, I guess the first question I, I would ask, and, and these questions are, are there's, we're not judging anybody. I want to clear that up right away, but I would like to see how many people have read the Bible? That's a pretty big number compared to what the stats show. That's awesome. How many people have read it in canonical order? Good word, right? Anybody know what canonical means? Canonical means the way that it is written that we see it most of the time. The ones in the pew book, or in the pews right now, are in canonical order. They're not exactly in historical order. Or, um, and that was done in 367 AD is actually when the Bible was put in the order that we see it in most of the time. How many have read it in chronological order? Okay, just a few. I have been told it is an amazing adventure to uh, to read the Bible in the order of history. I have not done it. I'm excited about it. I'm super excited about the story offering. That is a new twist for me because I have not done it. But people have told me that the revelation they had tying scripture to our current history and knowing these things were happening at the exact same time, even though they're in different books, we think they're possibly at different times in history, but they're actually together. So that will clear some things up. I would like to share a couple stats about reading the Bible that uh, uh, I looked up just to see where we're at and why I think it's important that we do this adventure. So, uh, religious, uh, religion news services um, say that more than half of Americans think the Bible has too little influence on a culture they see in moral decline. Yet only one in five Americans read the Bible on a regular basis according to the new survey. More than three-quarters of Americans, 77%, think the nation's morality is headed downhill according to a new survey from American Bible Society. The survey showed the Bible is still firmly rooted in American soil. 88% of respondents say they own a Bible. 80% think the Bible is sacred. 61% say uh, wish they read the Bible more. You're going to get your opportunity. And the average household has 4.4 Bibles. If the Bible is so commonplace in America, wouldn't, it, uh, wouldn't, it, wouldn't its moral teachings counteract the downward spiral? Almost a third of respondents said moral decline was a result of people not reading the Bible, while 29% cited the negative influence of America, and only one in four, or 25%, cited corporate con- corruption. Um, Doug uh, saw. President of the American Bible Society, said he sees a reason for why the Bible isn't connecting with people. I see the problem as an analogous to obesity in America. We have an awful lot of people who realize they're overweight, but they don't follow a diet. Bird Saul said, people realize the Bible has values that would help us in our spiritual health, but they just don't read it. If they do read it, the majority, 57%, only read their Bibles four times a year or less. Only 26% of Americans say they read their Bible on a regular basis, which is considered four or more times a week. The Reverend James Martin, a Jesuit uh, priest and author of the Jesuit, Jesuit Guide to Almost Everything, said the Bible can come across as intimidating to the uninitiated. There's a tendency to think that if you read the Bible, you have to read it from start to finish. But when people do read the Bible, they don't know where to begin. Younger people also seem to be moving away from the Bible, a majority, 57% of those ages 18 to 28, read their Bibles less than three times a year, if at all. And then the American Bible Society also had um, something to say. Extensive research uh, makes it clear that the Bible engagement is decreasing rapidly in our, cult- in our churches in our broader um, culture, or broader culture, sorry, especially among emerging generations. In the past week, 41% of churchgoers did not open their Bible even once. Er- elsewhere across the country, we face uh, rising antagonism against God's word. Some studies indicate that we may be just one generation away from becoming a post-Christian nation. We've been saying that for years, but um, you know we do have to pass it on, and so I will be asking people to mentor others so we can do that. And yet the solution is within our reach. The number one indicator of spiritual growth is engaging and reflecting upon scripture. Given the cho- chance to transform and remake us, the Bible read, lived and, lo- and loved, is the answer. So, um, I'm going to have um, the author, Randy Frazee, and Max Licato, through a video, kind of um, explain the story and what, how it works and then I'll get into some more detail.
0: This is your story. This is my story.
2: But most of all, this is the greatest story ever told. This is God's
1: story.
0: I know you're going to enjoy the incredible journey you're about to embark on. The story is brimming over with tales of mystery, intrigue, adventure, of love, heartbreak, and triumph of power, of struggle, and finally, of redemption. But remember, the Bible is not a hundred ancient, unrelated paintings, but a mural all knitted together to tell the story of God's great love for us and the extent to which He will go to get us back. As we go through each session of the story together, my hope and prayer is that God would refocus, recenter, Remind and rebuild our lives on what is important. That's why I'm really looking forward to spending this time with you as we explore your story, my story, and ultimately how we all fit into the greatest story ever
1: told God's story. Can you imagine yourself as an actor or actress in a play? You have everything you need, you, you have a part. You have a place to stand on the stage. You even have a costume. But what you do not have is an understanding of the story. You've never read the script. You you don't know the screenplay. You don't know where it started. You don't know where it's headed. You just find yourself on the stage. Many people go through life like this. They don't know where life began. They really don't know where history is headed. Wouldn't it be great to read the script? Well, the purpose of the story is to help us understand God's script. He has written a saga, a sweeping screenplay, and we all have a part in it. What a tragedy not to know your part. As you dive into the Old Testament with my friend Randy Frazee, he's going to help you understand the upper story of God and the lower story of God. In the upper story, we'll find God's eternal plans, the lower story, is what we're working out in our day to day lives. Learning to interpret our lower story in the scope of God's upper story is really essential in understanding God's purpose in our lives. We want you to know your part in God's play because your part is an important part in His plan, and His plan
2: is something you don't want to miss. Well, I hope that uh, puts some clarity on uh, what the study is going to be. Um, I'm super excited about this. I, I actually purchased this over a year ago just for myself, so I could do it by myself even. And then I, I showed it to Steve, and his sister ended up doing it in Des Moines, and he went, maybe we should try and do this as a church. Maybe we should do this. It's 31 weeks. It's a long commitment. It goes from the 15th of September until the uh, 19th of May or 18th of May, whatever that Sunday is, which is always a great service. We get to do the battle hymn to out have it done. we have a big party at the end. It'll be awesome. So on the 15th, we're going to be at the I-Bar, though, because it's the Big Tent Revival, so we'll be starting over there, and we'll hand out the books and things on the 8th. So the exciting part for me is there's actually four different levels of cur- curriculum, all on the exact same stories, though. So, we have from age two through uh, s- second grade, and then third, fourth, and fifth have their own curriculum, middle school and high school have their own curriculum, and then we have the adult curriculum. So, obviously, they're written at different levels so that all of everybody can have understanding. The great part is that the kids will bring home uh, family time sheets and different things to discuss as a family. So, t- today, what I'm going to try and do is, is kind of give you a little bit more about the the story, but also I'm going to challenge you to commit to reading Scripture. I'm going to challenge you to becoming a leader or a mentor of a group or just even opening up your house to let the group form in its own way. And then also I'm going to challenge you to keep your mind open and ready to learn like you've never learned before because for most of you, this is going to be a different experience. Even if you have read the Bible and you feel pretty... Um, comfortable with the Bible, the people in your group will change um, how you see things, possibly, or confirm. So if you're just visiting here in Gunnison, I hope that you can glean something out of this message, the importance of scripture, the importance of reading the script, um, that you might take this back to your own congregation or your own church. If you are just visiting the church today or you've been visiting for a while and you plan on being here for a while, we want to include you. We invite you to go through this. If you're not sure about the Bible, this is a great environment to try and learn what the Bible has to say. I know for me, a, a lot of what I've learned over the years has been through Sunday school, through other pastors, through Bible studies, more than even my own personal reading. Yes, I've done reading during those times, but I have to now I get to read it for myself, and I get to interpret it for myself, and then I have others to help me understand what I'm reading. Because sometimes we don't get it right. We might interpret something wrong. Um, you know, we, we rely on our pastors to do everything, but Scripture tells us to even test our pastors in what they say. So we need to, we need to learn for ourselves and not just be sponges and, and absorb what, uh, what we hear. Um, most Christians, or many Christians, they always say they want to live a Christ-like life. But a lot of them don't even know what that looks like because they haven't read Christ's works. They don't know the miracles Christ has done or they ha- aren't that familiar with Scripture, so they don't know that. Another thing that a lot of people will say is, I just don't hear from God when I pray or I don't hear God's voice in my life. And, you know, I was told a long time ago by somebody, you have to spend time in the Word so you understand and know what God's voice sounds like, so you understand how He, how he speaks. So that, this will help with that also. So, Randy Frazee has a, a, a sermon that he wrote for the very first one, and I'm going to take some of the ideas out of it. And because this, you know, reading scripture can be a heavy task, I'm going to, um, he used, he used uh, game shows to show a little bit of humor in uh, what people understand of the Bible, what society understands of the Bible, um, so I want to, I want to show a, a video that's based on Jeopardy. And I know for a lot of you, you'll think it's funny and silly. But there are people who will not know the answers to these questions. And I've watched other videos where there's a lot of easy, what I would consider, foundational questions that people don't understand. So, Gwenda, if you'll um, go ahead and show us Jeopardy.
3: That leaves one untouched category. Bible. Cindy, where would you like to begin? Okay, I'll take the Bible for 200. For 200, the answer is Genesis. Yes, Jeremy. What is the name of the device used to create a planet in that Star Trek movie? No no, know, no, 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 no. And I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Yes, Cindy. What is the name of Phil Collins' band? No, 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 I'm sorry, that's also incorrect. No, players, players, remember the category is the Bible. My buzzer's still not working. Press firmly, run. Correct response, what is the first book of the Bible? Genesis, the very first book of the Bible. Throw open the cover, there it is. All right. (laughs) Cindy, still your board. Okay, I'll take the Bible for 400. For 400, the answer is, it's one. Of the Ten Commandments. Yes, Cindy. What is freedom of speech? No. That would be the Bill of Rights. Yes, Jeremy. What is thou shalt not do... anything? Judges, can we accept that? No, I'm sorry. Can you be a bit more specific, please? What is thou shalt not commit... forgery? No. No. Sorry. Ron? Well, there are ten of them you could have picked from. No other gods. Keep the Sabbath. Honor your mother and father. No adultery. I meant that one. Yes, I'm sure you did. Cindy, still you're bored. I'll take the Bible for six hundred. For six hundred, the answer is they're called epistles. Yes, Jeremy. What was Jesus' crown made out of? No. Yes, Cindy? What is the wife of an apostle? (laughs) No, that's incorrect. You? Correct response, what is a letter from an apostle? Letter from an apostle. Cindy, still your board. Okay, um, I will take... Only two clues remaining, Cindy. Okay, I'll take the Bible for 800. For 800, the answer is... All right, listen to me very carefully. Ron, listen to me very carefully. <laughs> this person took two of every living animal into a huge boat to survive the great flood. Windy. Who is Mr. Doolittle? No. Yes, Jeremy. Who is Dr. Doolittle? No. <laughs> yes. Yes, Ron! It doesn't work. Yes, yes. run. Ron. Run, run. Yes, go ahead. Who is Joan of Arc? No. <laughs> no, it was Noah! Have you never heard of Noah? Two by two, the animals came!
2: Well, that sound means it's time for our final round. So if you knew the answers to those four questions, you are qualified to lead a small group. <laughs> <laughs> so just so you know. I, um, yeah, I thought that was pretty uh, funny when they showed that. But So the next, um, the next part of this is the part where he Randy will, um, he uses the game show Deal or No Deal. So I'm going to use the same thing for you. There's six different areas that he asks each of you to make a deal or no deal. The key is you don't just answer deal. You know, it's kind of like the old Sunday school, uh, there was a kid that was in Sunday school, and the teacher said, what's furry has a big furry tail and is brown and climbs in trees, and the kid said, it sounds like a squirrel, but I know the right answer is Jesus, because we're in church. <laughs> so I'm not asking everybody to say Deal on these, but I want you to make a level of commitment into this program, and it's really a commitment to yourselves first, but then it's a commitment to your family, and it's ultimately a commitment to your relationship with God. So, the first one is personal reading. You'll receive a text, you'll receive the text, you'll receive a Bible, and how the Bible is formulated, it's, it's scripture from the NIV. And there will be sections where there needs to be historical transitions that are written in italics. So whenever it's regular font, it's the scripture itself. When it's italicized, it's, it's parts to make this read more like a story, more like a novel, so it's not as intimidating as traditional um, text of the Bible. So what I'm asking is that once you receive your text, that you'll at least read. It's 16 pages a week on average is all you have to read, two pages a day, basically, two and a half. I know, Paul, that's a lot for you, so I'll read it to you. I'll come over to your house. You can have warm milk and cuddle up or something, but, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, well, no, Uh, we won't go that far. So, but, so, how many people are deal on the, on the, uh, let's say it, deal? Deal. All right, so at least you're going to read the text. Second is family time. Taking the time to be with your family. And I'm talking your personal family, your, your group of people that you live in the same house with. Um, for those, the parents take the time to be with their kids. You know, the, one of the major things that uh, parents are concerned with is when their kids leave home, that they'll, their kids will have backsliding away from their faith. Well, research shows that if all you do is attend church, there's a good chance of that. If you attend church and go to youth group, it's better that it won't happen as much. But if the parents are actively talking about scripture and what ha- goes on in church and their relationship with Christ, it's reduced significantly. So I would just recommend that. Also, it's a way for you to reiterate what you learned so you, it's more ingrained into you. So how many people have a deal on family time? Deal? deal? Okay. That's not, we got to have a little bit more than that. Deal or no deal? Deal. Okay, that's better. That's better. And family time can just be your spouse. That's all I got left in my house. My dogs are probably not going to respond too much, but we'll try and teach them scripture too. We'll see what happens. Okay, so the third area is small groups. We can call it whatever we want. We can call it life groups. We can call it small groups. We can call it coffee at mochas. We can call it whatever we want. Um, But I think accountability is a huge part of this because if you are not accountable to someone else, you're probably not going to stick with it, even if it is only 16 pages a, a week. We're all busy. We find other things to do. I mean, some of us probably play Sugar Crush, whatever that game is on the phones, way too much. Or There's all these games. They said that over 4 billion hours a year are spent on cell phones playing games now. It's astonishing. It's astonishing. We have so much time that we waste on different things or in front of TVs or whatever. They said that uh, under eight people under 30 spend more than half of their waking hours, uh, it might even be 75% of their waking hours in front of a screen now, be it a computer, a laptop, a phone, a TV, whatever. We spend so much time in front of screens when we could be having a book in our hands, as powerful as the Bible. An example was quitting smoking. Most people, if they just say, I'm done, there's, it actually is a fraction of 1% that actually can quit cold turkey without a support group. That they're just by themselves. You did it, Mike? Amen. Good job. Now you've got accountability, though, because we're going to hold you to it. <laughs> no need. All right. Good. All right. Good job. It only got raises to 5% if you add nicotine gum or a patch or one of those tools. But if you have a support group and you add a tool, it rises to 45%. I know um, every Monday I'm supposed to work out with my trainer, and there is no way I'm going to the gym unless she calls me. So, um, and so I have to have that accountability in that area. Why not find somebody to be accountable to? And it's as easy as, let's go have a cup of coffee once a week, catch up on life, and talk about the chapter at hand. It's that simple to have a small group. We, use the, we make it seem like it has to be this really hard, educational, intellig- intellectual thing, and it can be. And there's going to be some groups that are, are going to dive in a lot deeper than other groups when we go through the study because they're at different points in their, in their knowledge of the Bible. And that's awesome. And if you have had a lot of um, time in the Bible, or you feel like you are being called upon by God, you may not even feel qualified I don't feel qualified half the time to get up here and talk, but I just have to rely on Joshua one nine. I just have to rely on that that I God's going to put me out there. He's going to make me challenged, but He's not going to throw me to the wolves. You know, He's going to help me, and so that's where this study comes into place. You know, I just I think it's going to be awesome. So, how many people are willing to? Evolve, have some kind of a group or an accountability or somebody, deal or no deal? 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 deal. All right, it's going to help you out a lot, or at least just set that time aside with um, your spouse or your family, like we talked about. And then fourth, interestingly enough, is the worship service. It's down the list of ways. Every, every Sunday, Steve or someone else will be talking about the sub the the chapter. You'll read the chapter before you get to church. That's why we're handing books out on the 8th and we'll have a theme on the 15th of the first chapter. So you'll want to read during that week. Then you'll have your small group after the sermon so that you can answer any of the questions you might have. So the worship service is a very important part. Try and make it as much as you possibly can. I know you already do but I know there's times in life when I wake up tired or whatever and I just don't really want to come and I may make the choice not to or I might find another reason why I want to go hiking on Sunday instead of Saturday or whatever and I don't make it a priority. But also I I travel a lot, so I'm out of town a lot. And one of the cool things is we now put every sermon online on our website. So if you do miss a Sunday, you can go to our website, which is GunnisonCommunityChurch.com, Pretty easy to remember, and it's right on the right hand side. And you just click on it and it plays the sermon. And you can so if you miss, and it's usually up within 20 minutes of the service. Yeah. So if you go home and you go, what was what, what did say? What did they say during the service? Then you can go back and listen to it the, even that afternoon and get clarification on it. So that will be there for us as a tool. That's a great new tool that we have that we can keep up even if we're on the road if we're gone. And then last. Um, okay, so wait, I forgot to do deal or no deal on that one. Coming to worship, deal or no deal? Yeah. Okay, that was good, that was good, all right. And then the last one is, if you want to receive the most out of this study, I just ask you to consider being a leader, either of our king's kids, which is our little ones, or being a leader for the adults, or getting involved somewhere, because you know what, any time I've ever taught a Bible study or led a group it takes a little bit of prep time, and I learn and I take it in more. I can, the first chapter of this book, I read it as a preview. I read it while buying clothes for our store. So I'd look up and go, yeah, I like that. And then I'd go back and read it, and I could do that, and I sure, I read the first chapter, but do I remember any of it? No. But if I was the leader, I'd be in there dissecting every single sentence, making sure I knew what it was talking about. So that is the best way to, lead, to learn what the Bible says, and what the script says about our lives. I know we have quite a few groups that already meet, and I'm uh, hoping that those leaders will continue meeting and use this as their tool for the next 31 weeks. And also, if anybody is interested in it, I want to stay after and have this Sunday or next Sunday, I'll be here for both, to describe what it is to lead a group if you've never led one. Also, I would recommend, since it is 31 weeks, um... You can. Some people go to a format of every other week where you cover two chapters at a time. Some only do every week. Um, but then find a team teacher because you may be out of town or you might be sick or whatever. You need to find a person that we don't miss a week um, going through it. So this one is one you have to think about. But do we have any deals or no deals today on leading a group? Deal? Deal? Okay. Raise your hands. So now i got to write it down. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> now, <laughs> but. So we will need, it. I would love to have all of you in a a group of some kind, an accountability, and that would help you in your walk and to understand it more. It would help me. And I'm I'm assuming we'll have one right after church every Sunday too. So if you want to dive into the next chapter right away, you're going to have to read ahead. So um, that kind of thing. Or actually we'll just cover what the sermon was and then a little bit more of the chapter. The other deal or no deal, which is one that I added, is this is a perfect time to go out to somebody who does not attend church, that has questions about the Bible, and say, hey, here's an opportunity to read through the Bible in a non-intimidating way in a group setting. It's, it's just a wonderful thing. You know, most people, when you go out and evangelize, there's a big, huge problem with Jesus, but they don't have a problem with the Bible. There's a lot of people who want to read the Bible that, aren't even, that are atheists because they, it's a historical book. They find it as a good book on the reading list. If they're a reader, they're going to read it. So this is an opportunity for you just to be in conversation with people. Oh, I'm getting excited about the new study we're doing at the church. We're going to read through the Bible. And you can invite people, and it won't be as intimidating. So I'm just going to ask that you do a deal or no deal on going to your neighbor's, Asking them to join you. So, could everybody say deal to that? Couple? Alright. Okay, well, all right. Well, then I'm going to pray right now for God to put a seed in your heart to go out and talk to your neighbors and give you the opportunity to spread this out. We're going to be advertising around town. We're going we're to actually look. Um, when they did this at Oak Hills, where Randy Frazee is, they had a 23% growth in their church because people were inquisitive about the Bible. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of people who are going to find out about this and want how to know how they can get involved at least to read it. So as far as leadership and different things, um, an analogy I always use um, is Pastor Steve and I like to ride bikes a lot. Um, we haven't ridden that much this year, but in the past we've gone back to Iowa and ridden in RAGBRAI. And we ride at two different speeds. I ride a little bit faster than he does, um, and I'm also a really good wind block for him. So, yeah, I know. You, you can't even think those little tires would hold a guy up like me, but they do. So, but that's how we ride together. You know, we, we will, I'll go out in front and I'll use the speed that I have. He'll get in my eddy, as I call it, you know, or in my, on my wheel, and he's able to, to ride at the same pace and we expend the same energy so we can ride together. We can we can do that. And that's what it is like in the Bible. Some of you are going to be like, oh, I'm so far beyond this. It's just a little survey of the Bible. It's not a big deal. I'm I'm beyond it. I'm not going to participate. Well, I ask you to please be the one in the front leading the people behind you there. Um, One time in Iowa, Steve was supposedly on my wheel. I turned around. He was gone. He was not there. So I had to turn around and go back and find him. And I'm going, there's ten to 20,000 people riding bikes on this um, thing. And I'm riding against the grain in all these bikes trying to find Steve. And, and Steve said, I don't, you didn't have to come back for me. I said, I didn't want to. I didn't need to, but I want to because I'm here to have a life experience with you. And so if you feel like, oh, I'm charging way ahead, turn around and go back and help the person who doesn't know the Bible as well as you already know it, who doesn't have the same relationship you have with Christ, who maybe is questioning, doesn't even know. You know, it's, it's time to do that. And so I ask all the people who are very gifted in just loving the Lord to consider being a leader. He will give you the tools. You don't have to be an education major. You don't have to, you don't have to know all the answers. That's the key to this whole thing. Humility is a great thing to teach other people. And we have so many resources to us as easy as one of the screens I talked about, being Google or whatever, that we can search. And You always have access to Steve or myself, and we'll do a lot of work, research on stuff if you have a really hard question. And the answer might be we don't know. You know, some of it, some of the Bible, it still is baffling to even people who have studied it their entire lives. But this will get us a better understanding of the script that's called our lives and to know what's going to happen next. So I'm just asking that all of us um, will really take the time to prepare themselves to be reading through the Bible and to understand what God's story is and how it's going to affect our story. Thank you. Heavenly Father, right now I just, again, ask that the Holy Spirit would go into all the people, including myself, prepare their hearts to, to really dive into your word, to trust it, to know its truth, that we would understand how we play as characters in the life of who you are, that our lives would uh, be important enough in our own eyes that we would know that we are characters in your story. You don't leave anybody behind. You've You've made us the way we are to be a part of your perfect story. I just ask that we also, that the Holy Spirit would convict us to change and be dedicated to the Scripture, to live a life that is seeking after you and living up to the expectations you have, but also knowing that you gave your Son because we can't do it, that we would fully receive grace and mercy, that we would totally understand that we are perfect through your Son. In Christ's name, amen.